podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We got a beautiful show. We got some beautiful hosts. We got a beautiful game. We got taste. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest And as a matter of fact It's time to get it off our chests Cricket, 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 cricket Hello folks and welcome to a special edition of County Cricket Natters. Yeah, the County Championship isn't quite underway again, but we have been having fun in the Vitality Blast. And I thought, well, we're just over halfway through the group stages. So it's about time we did a little bit of a roundup. I'm Sam Dalling and I'm delighted to be joined this morning, Saturday morning when we're recording. I've got the lads up early. Callum Flynn, England physical disability skipper and a voice of the BBC up in Lancashire. Callum, how are you? Really good, thank you. Cheers for having me. Oh, you, it's a delight to have you. Hey, I've just seen, and I'm about to introduce him and his webcam has started working. He is the creator, I think it's the right word to use, creator of our cricket, Dan Yadzevic. How are you doing, Dan? I'm good, mate. I'm good. You know what? I'm, I shouldn't be, but I'm so much happier the fact that this webcam is working now because I was a little bit, I was a bit shaky, you know, 8.30 in the morning and it wasn't working. I was a bit, I was getting a bit annoyed. It wasn't the good start to the day. I could see like there is genuine delight on your face. Yeah, I, lo- yeah. I love you've got a white T-shirt on against that white background. So it's basically a floating head in a microphone. I'm just essentially see. a sight screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but before we start, before we get into it, congratulations to both of you. Callum, you recently became a father. How is fatherly life treating you? Yeah, really good so far. Um, I'm not um, ignorant and I know at, at times it'll change. I'm sure the... Um, Sleeping pattern will get a lot worse at the moment. She's doing excellent. Um, oh. So, yeah, it's been really good. Brilliant to see. I guess this isn't really early morning for you anymore, is it? No, no. Early, early morning was one and four o'clock doing the feeds. <laughs> Fantastic. So 8.30 is basically a line, although I'm sure you have been up. Dan, you're the voice of the live stream, or one of the voices of the live stream up at North Ant. So as you were telling us a little bit earlier, you're... Uh, basically an orphaner now, racking up those loyalty points in chain hotels. But you also had a very exciting week last seven days or so. You've launched our cricket. Is that right? Yeah, Sam, it's been great. It's been it's been a little bit overwhelming at points. It's been really, really busy. Uh, some late nights editing, which has been which has been good. Honestly, it's been such a relief being able to do the stuff that I love again, which has been fantastic. And just really excited to see what what the rest of this summer looks like now. But you are right. You can tell by my accent, Sam, that I've spent enough time above the M25 now. It's just starting to change. I sound sound more like Callum and less like you, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) It's brilliant to see you back creating, Dan. Everyone is delighted that you are doing that again. And we've been enjoying your commentary too. Well, let's start above the M25. We'll go to the North Group first. Callum, I'll let you come in. We're not going to go in ascending order down the table. As much as you would like the table to say Lancashire at the top, it's not been a brilliant start from your boys. No. um, The team of superstars as well, you'd say. Um, I'm sure most most people would have had Lancashire sort of more or less smashing the group with uh, with Knots and maybe Birmingham Bears up there. But they've really struggled, I think. I think a lot of people have said recently to me, they just look a team of individuals. Um, they don't like they've got that chemistry. They don't like they know 
um, how they want to play. But that's just the whole season. Even in the county championship, they've they've had five draws out of five. Um, so they are struggling. They got a good win against Worcester the other day, um, much needed. So I think that's I think they're the six now. But a lot of people, like you said, there's three teams on eight points. Um, so fingers crossed they can get on a bit of a run because they are desperate for it. Yeah, that's the beauty of this competition. Actually, T20 is so much about momentum. So you're almost better off winning five of your last six than five of your first six. So there is still hope. Dan, it's only fair, given I've come to Callum on Lancashire. Let's talk a little bit about North Ants. I mean, you've seen a bit of Chris Lynn smashing it, but very little else to offer that much hope. Yeah, I think overall it's been it's been pretty disappointing. It, Sod's Law as well, the fact they've won two of the games that have been away from home. Um, that I've only seen a win once at, at Wantage Road. Yeah, Chris Lynn, really good hundred. It, it wasn't it wasn't fluent that first fifty that he got, but but kind of built into it. And it just hasn't been able to repeat it since. There's been a couple of good innings, like Vasconcelos had a had a couple of fifties. Emilio Gay looked good the other day. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's 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 a weird. It's a weird thing at the moment. It's similar similar to Callum, what Callum said with Lanks, but maybe not quite so kind of box office as as the Butlers and the Livingstons, but they've got some serious names on that team sheet and AJ Ty, Chris Lynn, Dave Willey. It just isn't working for him at the moment. No, it's not. North fans currently, as we record, eighth in the group. Let's go up the other end, though. It's interesting you said, Callum, because there were actually quite a few people at the start of the season who weren't really tipping knots. They were kind of outsiders in that group, which felt like a bit of a surprise to me they currently top the group six wins from their nine games 12 points so they have lost three games they are beatable um but they you look at that team and you're like wow that is a serious lineup yeah like you said there's similar to lanks i'd say in terms of they've got some superstar uh names and signings in there obviously you've got shaheen afrida um excellent sign he's probably he's probably underwhelmed a little bit so far um i think he's been going at like 10, 11 and over his economy rate um, but you know at some stage he's going to turn up and he's going to win your game single-handedly. And I think that's what your, your overseas signing's there to do. Um, you've got your Alex Hales and your Munro um, and Joe Clark absolutely whacking it up top. Um, so they are, they are very much, um, I'd say, like power play team where if they can, if they can nail that power play bowling and batting, um, they really get on top of the opposition. Yeah, they do. You look at the lineup, and there's power all the way through it. Hales, did anyone see that um, Alex Hales dismissal last night, though? Mark Watt doing his 25-yard thing. He actually does it quite a little bit. I can see some smiles in the background. Go on, <laughs> do you want to jump in on that? I mean, I'll, I'll let the I'll let the proper cricketer talk about it, not me. <laughs> no, I think I was speaking to a mate about it last night, and it would really surprise you as a batsman. Because obviously you are waiting, you, you sort of relax and then you you kind of get prepared as the as the re- jump up and release. But he's literally took one step and bowled it. So it, you would be like a bit surprised. Um, it wasn't the prettiest shot from Hales trying to trying to spank one through the um, extra cover off around middle stump. But Alex Hales most of the time uh, pulls that off. So you can't blame him for playing a shot like that. But um, Mark Watt, yeah, he certainly brings something different to the game, doesn't he? Yeah, he's brilliant. What? Sorry. I was going to say, why, why why, do you think we don't see more um, finger spinners employing that tactic? It does. It, I might be being completely ignorant here, but he it, it does feel like he's in a bit of class of his own with, with that particular skill anyway. 
I think even even Seamers, I know Kieran Pollard used to do it a lot in the IPL, didn't he? Um, and I think Seamers, it would work even better because you're taking even more pace off and say if you're bowling a Seamer from 25 yards, if if you're bowling a length ball, it'll then be a short ball from 25 yards, but it'll be a lot slower, so it'll be like a slower bouncer. Um, so I, I, I think you will see more of it in the future. I think I think it could just be a such a simple variation um, with, without having to change much. You know, you can you can still bowl your stock delivery, but bowl it from 25 yards or 22 yards. It's up to you. And most batters, I mean, we know how cricket is a game of routine idiosyncrasy often. So you set yourself up. You're basically taking cues from the bowler when they're starting their run up. And a lot of, you know, they might not even do it consciously, but it's either a couple of pats and then set and things like that. So actually, if you're releasing the ball before the batter has had the chance to do that, in their head, almost a little bit of panic sets in, I guess, Callum. Yeah, like you say, it's just surprise. It's the surprising element of, uh, it's like just out of your comfort zone, I would say. So like, obviously, you're used to your routine. Um, you're used to getting your cues off the bowlers and then all of a sudden that's out the window and uh, and the bowlers took all that away from you um but you got to give it to the bowler it's a it's a batter's game these days so it's good that the um good that someone like mark watts trying to think outside the box um and just challenge the batters in that way yeah brilliant to see mark Watt. love him as a cricketer I watched him a bit for scotland last year like he's he is good fun to watch let's go down to the bottom end of that table because Dan, Dan, I think you've seen them play this year. Leicestershire Foxes, the hashtag running Foxes, brilliant club. I kind of expected them to do a little bit better, but they're struggling. The side they have is quite strong on paper. Yeah, so I that was the one game in the T20 Blast at North Ants that I've seen North Ants win this year. So it, um, maybe not a good omen for, for Leicestershire, but as you said, a, a really, really nice club run by a bunch of really good people as well. And uh, you know what? I think honestly, I think it's testament to just how strong the T20 Blast is as a whole this year. Um, for a team with with Nassim and Naveen, like Naveen was second, wasn't he, behind Rich Gleeson last year in the T20 Blast of the wicket takers? Nassim Shah doesn't really require any any introduction. I suppose batting wise, they're maybe not your household names, but still some serious quality. Rishi Patel got that um, 200 strike rate hundred last night as well. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a little bit perplexing, but as I say, I think that's that's honestly testament to just how strong the blast is as a competition. Full stop. I mean, Lanks, as we spoke earlier, where are they sixth in that league with the, those superstars, Butler, Livingston, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's more of a case. It's, it's a good competition rather than the fact that that Leicester aren't kind of what well, they are struggling a touch. Yeah, it's a real shame because they missed out last year. Didn't they get deducted a point for the width of a bat or something like that? And they missed out on the quarterfinals. But that bowling attack, you've got Ray and Ahmed in there as well with Naveen and Nassim. Callum Parkinson is fit again. I don't know much about him, but they played on TV the other night and there was this left-arm seamer. I think his first name was Josh Hull. Josh Hull, he yeah. Looked, he looked quite decent. He's a young lad, 18 years old. I don't know much about him, but he seemed to, like a decent bowler. He's a, he's a big He's a big boy. Um, he looks like a big lad from the from the commentary box as well. So I think he's I think they've said he's six foot six, maybe even a little bit taller than that. He he made his debut at Wanted Trade in the in the blast. He had a I, I don't think it wasn't his finest day 
let's be honest and I, I think it'd be unfair for me to kind of judge him on, on that one performance he got taken to the cleaners in his second over by Chris Lynn um, after a pretty nervy first over at the, at the top of it but I think since then anyway I think he's he's improved an awful lot and, and Leicester in particular are really excited about him and um, why wouldn't you be about a guy that's six foot six and bowls rockets yeah and it's almost not quite a free hit in the blast because there is kind of the white ball pressure but actually if you're a quick bowler and you're going at, like you're gonna go at ten and over, even the best bowlers in the world occasionally go at tens in T20. It's just the nature of the game. So actually, it's kind of a, a high pressure, but quite a nice way to bed in. Callum, I'm going to upset you now because <laughs> we're going to have to talk about Yorkshire, who I think uh-huh. have won five on the spin, including uh, Rose's game. It's it's a side that's kind of peppered with a little bit of stardust and experience, Milan and live. Uh, but they're also, they've got some brilliant youngsters coming through. That young lad, James Wharton, got 100 yesterday. Uh, yeah. Jaffa Chohan is brilliant. Ben Mike. Um, they just, there's something quite nice, something quite special coming together at Yorkshire, it feels like. Yeah, they struggled, didn't they, at the start of the year in the county championship. And a lot of people was questioning um, kind of the direction of the club and, and the signings. But it's really clicked to him in the in the T twenty blast. Um, I say that through gritted teeth. Um and they and they give Lancashire a, a good pace in, in the Roses matches, which I think got things going for him. I mean, big, big games like that can can certainly give um can certainly give a kick to the team, to the squad, um, for the for the remaining games. And like you say, Dowd Milan's been absolutely excellent. I think he scored four hundred around four hundred and ten runs. Um something like 68 average. I mean, he's, he's a ridiculous player and I feel like he should be an all-format player for England. I think I think he's very unlucky not to play all-formats for England. Um, and there's a name that you missed off, that Thompson. Um, yes. 15 wickets. Uh, I mean, his comedy rate is a bit expensive, but he does bowl um, in, in the in the pressure situations. You know, he bowls in the power play and he bowls at the death. Um but like you say, 15 wickets, I think he's their leading wicket taker. So they have been excellent. They've not, they've probably not got quite this, this, the names that, you know, your Lancashire have and stuff, but sometimes that works better. You've just got 11 lads working hard for each other and, and working into what the, what the team want to do, what the manager wants to do. Um, and it's clearly working down there for him at the minute. Yeah. And you're right about Thompson. He is a man that Yorkshire turn to when they need something to happen in a game. He is the one the skipper chucks the ball. And and what has been a brilliant acquisition for them as well is David Visa. Just the experience he brings, the quality, yes. And I, th- I he definitely scored a half century in that low scoring game against Leicestershire earlier in the week. They were six or seven down quite early and and he won them the game. Um, and then Sean Massoud at the top of the order hasn't really fired yet, but we know how good he has been in the PSL. And I, I spoke to Jaffa Chohan and he said how, like how inspirational Sean Massoud is and what a brilliant thinker he is about the game. So Yorkshire looking promising. Another man looking promising. And to be honest, he's been looking promising for quite some time now, uh, uh, surely, Dan, we're all aboard the Hain train. I think that that's uh, that that's getting longer and longer, isn't it? So Callum just said David Milan's pretty unlucky not to be playing for England in all four in all formats. I mean, this bloke Sam Hain is is very unlucky not to have played in any format for England, and I think that's there's those horrible rumours going around, and not not 
being compared to James Hildreth is a particularly horrible thing to do, but it kind of is starting to feel like it could be another James Hildreth, a guy that scores buckets and buckets of runs, but doesn't get doesn't get the look. Yeah, Sam Hain, what, 417 runs this tournament? Only scored 35 yesterday against North Ants, but I mean, he's still averaging 139 in the blast this year. So he's doing he's doing pretty well. That game was on Sky, so I'd never got to I never got to watch the Bears at Wantage Road, but yeah, he's he's a phenomenal player, and it's just just it's just in everything as well. And I I don't know what I don't know really what more you can do in terms of an England call up. Do you think so? This summer feels unlikely because they're prepping for the World Cup, and I can't see them making such a big change this close to a tournament. Although you never know. But after the World Cup, after a long summer, they go to the Caribbean in December. And I wonder if that might be a time where they go, okay, it feels wrong to call it a second 11, but maybe people like Sam Hain, Abel, who was in the squad previously, Tom Kohler-Cadmore, who smashes it. That might be where Hain gets his chance. Yeah, I mean, there's worse places to make your debut as well, isn't there? Yeah, that's not. But it wouldn't be too bad at all. I quite fancy that series. If anyone in, is in need of a freelancer for England's tour of the Caribbean just before Christmas, uh, I am available. All I need is flights and a lot of Factor Fifty, please. <laughs> um, let's round off the North Group, I think, Callum, because there's a couple of other people I want to talk about. Wayne Madsen turns forty in July, right? There are some players in serious form. Madsen started the tournament 50, 61, 57, 109 not out. 71 not out, 44. He's had a couple of low scores in recent games, Wayne. Disappointing from you. 431 runs at 71. Just a machine, isn't he, Callum? He's absolutely ridiculous. He's one of my favourite players to watch. Um, I know he plays for the Manchester Originals in the 100, um, but he just hits it so clean. But he just gets in some unorthodox positions as well. And he hits it in some strange places. I mean, I'm not comparing him to, to Sorry Kumar Yadav, but in terms of the way they hit the ball and, and the positions they get themselves into to hit it in them places, um, is very similar. And he's such a good player. I mean, I'm surprised. I'm sure people have um, tried to sign him in terms of bigger clubs. Obviously, um, no disrespect to Derbyshire there. But in terms of like your Division One first-class counties, Yorkshire, Lancashire, Notts, etc. I'm surprised people haven't been banging the door down uh, to sign Madsen because like you say he's, he's, there's just no sh- no sign of his age coming into his game he's just so good um, and he's one of my favourite players to watch it's like I think like half of his family and I'm exaggerating slightly are international hockey players or something like that um, I think he might have played himself as well a little bit Cam's nodding you can, you can imagine so but just be, the way he plays um, the sweep shot and the reverse sweeps kind of like just a normal forward defence to, to me. Um, he plays that better than I play my defensive shots. Yeah, it, he shows there's kind of different ways of going about it, actually. You, Dan mentioned Hildreth. He was, you know, had a high strike rate, but sweeps and reverse sweeps were his go-to shots. And Madsen feels like a, a similar kind of player. Yeah, he's quite a small chap, isn't he? Well, he certainly looks on telly. Um, so the way he plays spin, he just keeps very low. Um and just gets down to the ball with, with his constant sweeping in his wrist. Um, but he's an excellent player for Derbyshire. Um, and like you say, he's, he's at the forefront of them, always doing well, really. He is, by some distance, Derbyshire's leading T20 run scorer. Three foul- I think he might have 
the the stats on this big bash site are brilliant. They're usually out of date by a day or two. I think he's close to four thousand runs for Derbyshire. The next nearest is a lad called Wes Durston, who I remember well, um, who's got two thousand one hundred and fourteen. So he's going to take some catching. Wayne Madsen, a proper, we use the word legend too much, but I think he is a Derbyshire legend. Wayne Madsen always will be. Finally, Dan, one other team. I think I've got to cover everyone in this. I like to be fair. I like to be unbiased, neutral and fair. Durham having a great season, almost like a win or two away from being back in County Championship Division 1. Sat there in the middle of the table uh, in the blast, but we talked about momentum is everything. Nathan Souter, though, having a brilliant season. Middlesex, nah, were they wrong to let him go? Uh, yeah, I think would be the the easy answer to that question. Um, Legspin, in particular, seems to have really kind of come to the come to the front in this blast so far. Um, I know we want to talk about Nathan Souter, but Osama Mir was phenomenally good for the few games that he played for Worcestershire. Fred Heldrick at Northampton has done really well too. But Souter... He got five at Wantage Road, and it should have been six if one of his mates hadn't have dropped a dolly at the deep square boundary. Um, and yeah, when you look at that Middlesex team, and when you you take Nathan Souter out of it, it, it looks a lot weaker. But he he's quality. I also got the pleasure of seeing Graham Clark whack a mm. hundred or fifty balls as well, and you could see as well that um, you could see that form and that aggression from the county championship in that in Div 2 that Durham have been playing with so far this season, particularly at the start of the blast anyway, really kind of rubbed off on that team and, and took them forward at the start of that competition. And the way they go about playing cricket, I I mean, they're going to be a real tough ask for anybody to come up against this 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 season. Ollie Robinson's having a great summer, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good player. I don't think he had the best deck. Well, to be fair, I don't think he got in um, at Wantage Road, but... Um, yeah, he's he's been another good signing, another good signing for Durham. He was on loan last year, wasn't he, from Cairn, um, made him permanent over the winter. Yeah, that's a couple of good bits of transfer business from Durham. Now, I'd love to say you mentioning Osama Mir has reminded me that Worcestershire also exists. It's actually Callum who's prompted me. I'm so sorry, Worcestershire fans. <laughs> Callum has saved me. They're 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 thereabouts, Worcestershire. I think I had too many theirs in that sentence. But anyway, we're talking about Worcestershire. They look decent. And actually, Callum, their big white ball players, Bracewell, Pollock, haven't yet fired, which you could look at that two ways. Like, well, they've been disappointing, but at some point you think they will fire and that could take Worcestershire into a quarterfinal. Yeah, and you'd say even um, Pat Brown, I mean, he's been taking wickets, but he's been leaking a lot of runs as well. Um, so once Pat Brown tightens things up and gets into his groove again, uh, there, will be a, there will be someone up there um, for the qualifying spots. I think they played one game less than everyone else um, as well, and they're still on eight points. So if they get that win with that extra game, it takes them a couple clear of, of the people behind, the teams behind. Um, but like you say about Bracewell, he's, they've been opening the batting with him, haven't they? Um, and a lot of, I know a lot of people have been thinking it's, it's an interesting move um, because I think he, I think he bats um, five, six, seven for, for New Zealand when he plays or... I don't think he opens the batting. Um, and I don't like to say it's not come off for him yet. Maybe they might change it up or maybe they'll just keep going for him. Um, but I think Santner's been a really good signing for him. I watched him bowl against Lancashire um, this week and he just he just never really looks like he's going to concede any runs. He changes his pace up so well. Um, and like if he wants to give it a spin, he will do. But he also offers so much with a bat. 
he hits a clean ball. He's left-handed, so he's a bit awkward. Um, so I think he's been one of the one of the better overseas signings, I'd say. Because um, I think there's been some good ones, but some very poor ones this year. Um, and I think Santon's been pretty decent from. Who would you say has been poor, Callum? Um, well, I mean, Colin de Grandon's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, Colin de Grandon from Lancashire has been very interesting selection. Um, I think he batted nine against Notts the other week. I think Tom Hartley and Luke Wood came in front of him. Um, so it's just been a bit odd. Um, I think Nazim Shah, I think, I don't think he's been poor. I just think it's an odd, odd signing um, for someone like Leicestershire. I feel like they could have got a batsman in. They've got Naveen Ulhaq. Uh, they've got Callum Parkinson, Rehan Ahmed. They've got a lot of seamers as well. Um, and I just feel like some of the recruitment probably could have been better. I mean, with, with how much cricket's being played these days, obviously the IPL's just finished. We've got the Major League cricket coming up, um, the 100 coming up. There's so many tournaments now that that some some tournaments are getting sort of looked past by cricketers because they want to give themselves a rest. Um, so maybe the names aren't quite there anymore, but but just some just some signings haven't been just haven't clicked yet. I'd say. Yeah, and I think CDG is a quality player, so hopefully it does click for him. But you're right, Worcestershire, two savvy acquisitions. I like Bracewell, got a lot of time for him. Lovely, but he smashes it. I have seen him hit a very hard ball. I think he does open. Is he a Weddington Firebird? He's testing my memory now. I think he does open in domestic cricket. Um, And it makes sense if you bring an overseas in like that to have him open up. So I, I think it will click for him. Right, very finally, before we move on from the North group, uh, top four predictions in 10 seconds. I'll do mine first so you two have got time to think slash check the table because I'll put you on the spot. I'm going to go Notts, Birmingham, Yorkshire, and I think Durham might slip in ahead of Worcestershire. Dan, I'm coming to you. Knott's uh, Bears, Worcester, Lanks. Lanks, nice. Callum is smiling, I'm sure. Callum, I presume <laughs> you, I'm presuming we can assume that Lanks are going to qualify in your mind. So who are the other three? I'd say Notts, Birmingham. I'm going to go Durham. Surprise, surprise package. Yeah, I like them. I like a bit of Durham. Nice to see the Bladen races being transferred across from football to cricket. And I'll see that. <laughs> see that Sunderland dressing room singing any castle song is fantastic. Uh, right. Let us venture south, chaps. This group actually isn't as tight as the North group. There's, there's basically three teams, you would say, in the South group that probably haven't got much of a chance. Although, Kent, you just never know if they get on a run. Dan, let's start with you because you were down at Hove last night. Surrey have scored 1,519 runs in eight innings. They are just a machine. They're a stellar lineup, and Laurie Evans is on fire. Yeah, so Callum said earlier, didn't he, about that Lanks lineup? And uh, this Surrey one is, I would say, on paper anyway, goes completely toe for toe for it. And you look at it, and you'd go, if that were, if if they were playing international cricket, you wouldn't, you wouldn't feel like they were out of place. I mean, there's, I think Laurie Evans is pretty unlucky, as similar to Sam Hayne in the past, not to have been um, given the opportunity to play international cricket. Then you've got Curran, Overton, Curran, Abbott all there. Jamie Smith's definitely going to be one to look at for the future. But yesterday was weird, you know, with, with Sussex, like there, uh, it kind of pains me to say it with a, for my home County, but 
They don't look like the best cricket team in the world at the moment. And it didn't really feel like Surrey had to do a great deal to go at 13 runs and over for, for those 20, those 20 overs. There wasn't like, didn't feel like there was like a huge amount of muscle involved. You, you kind of, one of those things you sat down, you looked at the scoreboard and all of a sudden Sam Curran was 50 off 23 balls and Laurie Evans was 80 off 40. And you went, how, how has that even happened? It, it was a very strange day because I, I was lucky enough to go and watch the Moeen hundred down there for Worcester in the quarterfinal pre-COVID. But I kind of knew Moeen had done something special there. Whereas this is no disrespect to Surrey. I have no idea how they got 258 last night. Yeah, it's the second highest score in Blast history, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, mental. Somerset, Somerset had 265 against Derbyshire. It's interesting what you say about Sussex because like, we know how good they've been in white ball cricket historically. Maybe four or five years ago, that bowling attack they had was brilliant. And it's obviously a period of transition for them and they've had some quite young sides. But you look at that bowling attack they had last night, McAndrew, Mills, Hudson Prentice, Shadab Khan and Ravi Bapara. Yes, Henry Crocombe's still a young lad making his way, mm-hmm. but it's not like they can hide behind inexperience either. There's guys that know what they're doing there. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think I, the one thing I would say with, with that Sussex team and no disrespect to Nathan McAndrew, no disrespect to Ty Mills and Ravi Bapara, they're obviously overseas international quality cricketers, but I think when you look through that one to eleven, Shadab Khan stands out in as as almost like a as a Ferrari parked in a supermarket car park. Respect. I know that sounds like a really horrible way to describe it, but he looks head and shoulders in terms of name in that team compared to the rest of them. But that that's yeah, as you said, Sussex have had some phenomenal, um, phenomenal games and phenomenal teams over the years. It, it just isn't there at the moment for them down at Hove. No, I think the times are changing, but it looks like with four points from eight games that their quarterfinal chances are slim. Callum, let's talk about the defending champions, Hampshire. James Vince, we've talked about players in Nick. James Vince is another one. He got a golden duck last night, mind you. I can imagine the celebrations down at Canterbury when Freddie Classen picked up that wicket were wild. Um, But it's not quite a case of get Vince and you beat Hampshire. I know they lost last night, but they are a strong unit still. Shaky start, bowled out by 75 for Somerset in their first game. Um, a, you're a batter of a very high calibre. James Vince is superb, isn't he? Yeah, he's excellent. And uh, I think he's someone who would um, benefit from coming back into the basball, um, basball era um, because he's someone who just wants to play freely, isn't he? And he's so good on the eye. Um, he's got all the shots, um, like pace doesn't bother him. He's a great player of spin. And I think in the past, he's been a bit restricted in terms of his playing his own game in the Test squad and in the England squad. So I'd love to see him get another goal for England. Um, how you fit him in? I don't know. That's not that's not my issue. Um, but he's such a good player. He's, so, he's just such a consistent performer. Every year you're talking about James Vince, aren't you, and how well he's doing. Um, obviously, yeah, last night didn't quite come off for him. Um, like you say, the Kent fans would have been would have been going wild. And you can go as far as saying it's probably won him the game, getting Vince out first ball. Because um, it was still quite a tight game. I think they won with three balls left, Kent. Um, so it was a, it was a tight game. Um, but, but Vince has that aura about him in terms of if you get him out early, like... The, the Hampshire squad probably just drop a little bit and go, oh, God. Um, 
But they are a great team. Obviously, last year they won it. Um, I feel like that Nathan Ellis, is it Nathan Ellis? I feel like he's such a good bowler. Um, I feel like he brings a lot to them. Um, his variations. He did it in the IPL a little bit, didn't he? And he's so hard to pick. Um, but he's also got a decent stock ball with, with decent pace. So I feel like he's one to watch out for again. And also Liam Dawson. I feel like Liam Dawson every year, pretty consistent. I feel like he's been pretty unlucky to be to be behind uh, Moeen Ali and, and Adil Rashid in the pecking order for, for English, English ODI um, spinners, to be honest. Yeah, I was going to bring Ellis in next. I think he's absolutely superb. Oh, there's my emails going off. That's terrible podcasting etiquette for me. Close your Apple Mail down, son. Um, yeah, Ellis, they beat Somerset the other night. Somerset's only defeat so far. They Hampshire won by five runs. Ellis bowled over 17 and 19. And I think it went. they went for like nine or 10 between them. Like those off-pace deliveries. They just couldn't pick him. I think he's absolutely superb. Um, and he was the man. I think he was the man bowling in that final last year where they had to re-bowl the final ball. Like he is, we talked about overseas signings. He is absolutely mint, uh, as is James Vince, averaging 80 across all formats uh, this summer so far. 17 innings, 200, 750s. He's not batting badly. Dan, would you have picked out Liam Dawson for England? I know we're slightly going off track there would you have had him back on that test side uh no i wouldn't i I think he's a quality cricketer i like i think moeen's such an interesting call uh, and i don't really know what message it sends out to those guys that have been playing county cricket since april and and obviously the year before that moeen to me feels he feels like the perfect fit and obviously we don't know whether it's going to work and we won't know whether it's going to work until august will we but I love the fact that this England team are looking at games that are happening next week and they're going, how are we going to win this game next week? Rather than maybe what we were talking about two years ago when it was, well, who can we bring into this team, give them a bit of experience? What kind of development can we give them in the test team and see what they might be able to do in three years' time? So I like that from the England team. Um, And I love Moeen as well. So, I mean, I'm completely biased. I mean, if he's going to come in about an eight, I mean, we're going to score 600 in the day, Sam. Yeah, I'm exactly with you, actually. You've summed up perfectly. I think he is the sensible choice and probably the right choice, Mm. in inverted commas. But I also don't like the fact that someone who hasn't played any Red Bull cricket for nearly two years, he hasn't played a Champo game since September 2019. uh, And I just, I'm like... I remember last year he was on TMS and I love him. I think he's brilliant. He's great fun, brilliant for the game. Um, he's got his children's book series out. Like he's he just such a good character and a quality cricketer. But I remember thinking last year when he was on TMS talking about a potential recall and I, my head was going, yeah, but your county championship side is playing right now and you are commentating, not playing. And that for me doesn't quite sit well. Um, but I could rant about that for ages. We, we were talking about a Hampshire defeat. Let's talk about, Kent, Dan, again, a side who were notoriously strong. They've had a bit of a struggle, but they got a victory last night. I think it was their first in six. Daniel Beldrummond with runs at the top of the order. I love, love Daniel Beldrummond too. Again, in another era, could have played a few England games. Um, But Kent, in a slightly odd phase at the moment. Yeah, I don't I can't remember who I was talking to, but they were they were certainly a Kent fan. I think they were they were quite looking forward to um 
to a break from from cricket as you said that's their first win in six which i think might be might be a little bit pessimistic and when you when you do look through that team uh and you look at the the quality that is there i know Tawanda Muyeye is a young lad he's he's kind of making his way but but Drummond as you just spoke so highly of is is quality and has been around for ages Joe Denley, international experience. I know he's on the the other side of his career. Sam Billings, he, I mean, he's he would still be kicking around these international squads if obviously he hadn't made that decision that he wanted to play himself. Jordan Cox and Jack Leaning, quality county cricketers. George Linder, overseas international. Fred Clarkson, international. Kane Richardson, international. Michael Hogan did so well uh, last summer. It, yeah, it's a little bit perplexing, I guess, when you look through that that team and I suppose similar to what I spoke about with Leicestershire earlier it probably isn't actually them directly it's it's probably more of a comment as just how strong or how equally balanced maybe that the the T20 blast is this year I know Callum said um, a moment ago about maybe some of the names and some of the players aren't around as, as what they might have been in previous years but it does feel like a really a really balanced and competitive uh, competition and for for a team like Kent, they just seem to be on the wrong end of it at the moment. Yeah, and it's their run scoring. You've got Cox as well. All those players you've mentioned, they've only had four half centuries in the competition so far, a couple of each from Mayeye and Bell Drummond. And that, just, you're not just going to, you're not going to win T20 games like that. You need someone posting a decent score if you're going to set a decent t- total. It sounds obvious, but I mean, it's just true. Uh, but still time for Kent. They're, although they've only got four points, they're the one side of the relative strugglers who you could see putting a run together, I think. Callum, they're not even relative strugglers, Middlesex. They just are strugglers. I think they've lost a dozen T20 games on the bounce. Have you been in sides where you get on losing runs and is it just mentally torturous to get out of? Yeah, we did we did it last year in the club side. We went seven from seven winning and then we went seven from seven losing. Um and I think just that's just the game of cricket. Like I think it's such a such a luck based game as well. And I, I know it sounds daft and people say you create your own luck, etc. But when it's just not going your way, it really does kill you. Um and cricket's like that. Um and like you say, Middlesex, how they threw that game away on was it Thursday? Against Sussex, oh, I thought they was gonna walk that home. To be honest, um, but yeah, it's just not been clicking down there, has it for for Middlesex? Um, I think Eskenaz is a player. I think he's a really good player at the top. Um, did he play? He went into a big bash in the first Scotch, was it? Won it? Yeah. Um, and it's is he English as well, Eskenaz? Is he? Yeah, he's a he's a really good player, and he's someone that's not come from nowhere, but he, he's kind of. He's um he's built his trade up and he's he's starting to get the rec- recognition he deserves now, um but yeah just in terms of looking at the team now you you wouldn't say there's there's many um superstar white ball players really um and that's probably unfortunately tells the story of their season eight from eight in terms of losses and and like you say it's it's looking very bleak for them at the moment. Yes, it is. Eskenazi, I think, is a brilliant leader. He speaks really well. They had a game, they played Gloucestershire at Merchant Taylor's School. I think they needed 12 off two overs and they had Simpson and Higgins at the crease. So they had wickets in hand and they lost by a couple of runs. I think the last over they were defending six and Simpson oddly just tried to hit a couple of balls out the park and completely missed it. 
And Gloucester, who were giving them singles, they had players back on the boundary because they knew that actually what Middlesex wanted to do was finish it off in one ball. And Eskenazi, I think, was quite strong on like, look, if it was young guys, I could understand. But we had experienced cricketers out there. It's just not happening. Like, if we can't win that game, then what game are we going to win? On Eskenazi, he did a really good interview. It's worth having a look at the... Daisy Cutter fanzine, uh, Eskenazi on inclusivity in cricket. Uh, he just seems like a top, top draw representative of the game as a whole. He just seems to get it. Um, so hopefully for his sake, uh, I think he was stranded down the non-striker's end, wasn't he, on 94? Just couldn't get up the other end. So yeah, not not a great time for Middlesex. And obviously, as I've said, I'm a neutral. Um, and at the other end of the table, I'm relatively ambivalent about seeing Somerset win seven games out of their eight just the one defeat we talked about stellar lineups Dan like that Somerset side is pretty good are we I thought I thought you'd be doing all the words about Somerset son I kind of feel like we should be asking you the questions here well I thought about putting in the chat box yeah why don't you ask me it's difficult to ask myself a question but yes as you've asked so nicely Dan I will talk about Somerset a little bit look You know what? Banton is back in Nick, and that is lovely to see because he struggled for a couple of years. And actually, he is so fluent, so elegant. He's all about timing. Yes, there's power, but he's all about timing. I was up at Bristol last night, and Will Smead, I think he had 94 off 34, 35 balls. He patted a couple of dot balls back, uh, I think his 27th and 28th balls. And you're like, that's probably cost you the quickest blast hundred you know it's difficult to to criticize him he loves the 90s I think that's the fifth time he's got out in the 90s there was a debate going on in the press box as to whether he's got a t20 hundred or not statistically he has um but he hasn't in a 20 over competition uh he would have if he'd have got there as well he'd have got there he got out of the last ball of the 10th over and there's not many players to have got a t20 hundred in that kind of time um he's superb Cola Cadmore's come in and I have never seen a player hit a ball so hard. Uh, and I think the thing you can say about Kodak Admore is that Somerset, remember, had Riley Rousseau last year. He was the second highest run scorer in the competition, 750s. No one's even talking about them missing him. And that's not detrimental to him. Um, it's just about Rousseau, uh, about Kodak Admore. Um, I love this. It's a bit of a monologue, this. But the bowling attack is brilliant. Henry, Overton... Van der Merv's brilliant. Young Sherb Bashir has played the last couple of games, picked up three for last night. He's promising. They rate him. And a quick word for Ben Green as well. In that Somerset side, the first 11, you've got five batters who have played England Lions, five international bowlers, and Ben Green. And no one has more wickets than Ben Green in T20 in the, since the start of last season. Uh, the captaincy in the Royal London Cup really helped him. It helps him believe. I talked to him about it. Some really nice stuff he said. So whereas previously, when you're a fringe player, you're thinking, am I going to get dropped? If it goes badly, am I going to get dropped? And just having that little bit of the captaincy, the confidence, the faith, instead your mindset switches from self-preservation to what do I need to do to help the team win the game? And I think that has opened up a world for him. So look, they look good to qualify for the quarterfinals. A couple more wins probably gets them a home game. They've got to play Surrey twice still. Those are quite big games. Uh, they go to Essex. But at the moment, Somerset, I think, will be quite happy with their work. Matt Henry's class, by the way, I haven't mentioned him. Anyway, that is my 
Somerset monologue over. Um, I'll probably clip that up and just put that out as the preview for the show because <laughs> everyone will want to listen to it. Uh, let's talk about someone else. Come on, let's move on. Uh, well, I think, I, Sam, Sam, honestly, whilst you're going, I think you might as well talk about Gloucestershire as well. Well, I was going to bring on Gloucestershire. Uh, I like Gloucestershire. Got a lot of time for them. Um, they're just struggling a bit. Delang is out now for the season. He's a brilliant T20 bowler. Hammond was smashing it last night. I really like watching Hammond. Um, the problem is when you're chasing 12 and over, you haven't got... It's great when you've got two set batters in, which they had, Charlesworth and Hammond, but but you've got no respite. You can't really get that far ahead of the rate when you need 12 and over from the off. It's almost impossible. So then the new batters have to come in and fire straight away, and that's tough. And they slipped from 99 for one, I think, to 130-odd 100 for nine they were. Um, I don't know. It just feels like there's not a lot of money at Gloucestershire, and they are trying to pull together the best of what they've got. Um, Bracey's still a quality player. It's a shame to see him out of Nick. Like, I don't know if you, have you seen much of Bracey Callum? Like he just looks a proper cricketer. Yeah. He, um, he played, did he play that one test? I can't remember who it was against. Um, New Zealand? Was it, was it New Zealand? He struggled a little bit, didn't he? And people got on his back a little bit, but like you say, hopefully he can, he can find his form because, um, he could still be challenging for an England spot at some stage um, down the line. Um, he's quite a classy little player, isn't he? Um, and he's someone who, who Gloucester really need. I think he, I think when Gloucester was doing well last year, the year before, Bracey was kind of at the at the front of that as well. Um, they got picked apart a bit, didn't they, in the winter? Did did Higgins? Was it Higgins who was at Gloucester? Um, and was there someone else I feel that left? I don't know if someone else left. It might have just been Higgins, um, but yeah, they've been they've been um, pretty unlucky this year, and like you say, hopefully they they can get back to the form that they showed in the previous years. Yeah, and they've got some quality. David Payne is a, is one of the best economy rates in the tournament. He's just over sixes. He's out of contract at the end of the year. Uh, I don't know what is going to happen there. They stick. They could still do it. Gloucestershire. They six points, so they're kind of. Half and half record, one three, lost four. Uh, if they go on a bit of a run, then there's an outside chance of a quarterfinal. Uh, Dan Essex sitting in fourth. Started their campaign a little bit late because of that Ireland game, which was just a bit of a nonsense that they had to do that. That should have been a county select 11, really, because um, Essex, suddenly their fixture list, the blast is already tight. Theirs is really tight. Uh, but they are a side, I think, who have got a lot of talent like and, and depth. People like Wesley now, Wesley's a finisher for them, coming in six, seven. Pepper smashes it at the top of the order. I like Essex. They're a good team, aren't they? They're, they're a quality team. I've always liked Essex um, years and years back. Like Tender Scarter was always one of my favourite players to to watch back in back in the day. Um, interesting kind of what you say about the, the schedule, because I think that... It's either a massive positive or it's a it's a almost car crash kind of negative, isn't it? Because if you get on a roll and the confidence is high and you're just going game, 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 game. Actually, I don't necessarily think it's the worst thing in the world. I think if you're in a good run of form and you end up with 10 days off, I think that's probably the worst bit that could happen to you. And they're doing pretty well, aren't they? As you say, they're fourth in the in the table on 10 points. And with the team that what they've got and the players that they've got kicking about, Shane Snater, quality bowler Simon Harmer I mean he, he needs no introduction whatsoever does he I mean he's absolute dynamite uh, Matt Critchley had that brilliant year for Derbyshire moved down south and um, again wasn't that far away from 
from England recognition last summer, maybe the summer before, I think, when they were looking for a spin bowling option. Um, so, yeah, I mean, why not? If these games are coming thick and fast for them and they're in a good bit of form, bring them on. Yeah, they've got kind of every base covered. Walter in there has turned himself in the last two years. Like his, his strike rate's gone up. His bowling average has gone down. Uh, I think he was the Manchester Originals leading wicket taker last year, Callum, right? Yeah, he'd come from nowhere. Like that's the first I've seen of Walter last year uh, in the 100. Um, left arm seamer, isn't he? And he just offers a bit different. Um, but even his batting, I kept seeing him come in at like five or six for the originals. And I was like, I've never really seen this guy, but he, but he's shown a, a really positive side to his, to his cricket. And like I say, I think, I think he's still with the originals. Um, and hopefully he can take this form into the hundred. That's what they'll be open. But um, like you say, for Essex, I think they've just got a really well-balanced team. Just looking at the side they had out um, against Glamorgan, and they've just got more or less every base covered. You've got Matt, Matt Critchley batting at six, who's, who's been an excellent signer. I think he's gone down really well with Essex faithful. Um, he's a local Lancashire lad, actually. He plays at Wigan, just around the corner for me. Um, he's another one that Lancashire let go. Um, but no, he's been a it's been a good signing for him. You've got Daniel Sams as well coming in at yeah. seven. Simon Armour at eight, who gives it a whack. Yeah, I've got every base covered, and I think that's key in T20 cricket, um, getting your right balance of the side. And I think Essex have got that at the moment. Sam Cook, hat-trick taker as well. Uh, Sam Cook is might not have that much pace, but he's turned himself into a brilliant white ball bowler. Um, as I said, pepper smashes it. Walter, I was doing my numbers the other day, comparing it. I was basically updating my stats from the first or second game of last season. Walter scored half of his sixes, half his T26s came last summer. So that's just a sign of a player who's progressing. And I really like Rose Cushy and Robin Das at the top of the order. Two young lads, but two classy players. And I love that Essex are backing them and allowing them to go out and open in T20 cricket, albeit Rossington, we haven't even mentioned. God, they're a good side, Essex. They are a very good side. Um, right, finally, after that Essex loving, Glamorgan. Now, I watched Glamorgan at Merchant Taylor's School against Middlesex. And Chris Cook absolutely smashed it for 113 not out. What was most remarkable was the first ball of the 18th over, Chris Cook hit one up in the air and he was dropped by Peter Milan and it went over the boundary for four. That shot took him from 57 to 61. That was the first ball of the 18th over and he walked off 113 not out. Um, it was an exhibition of hitting of the highest quality. Him and Colin Ingram, Kingram, I think they call him down there. Um, like Glamorgan's... An odd one, Dan, isn't it? Like they're, they're kind of middle of the road at the moment. I think they might have lost Dan Bothwaite to injury and their bowling perhaps is the thing that's going to hold them back. But batting-wise, they've got firepower. Yeah, I think, Sam, I think you've, you've summed it up. Like you look at the the bowlers there, Tim van der... I, I can never pronounce that Kuchten. bloke's name. Kuchten. Um He's quality. I, I think you're right. I think you look at the rest and you you kind of, you go, you can see where the, the imbalance there comes from. Obviously, Pete... Um, Hatsoglu, um, again, it's another easy one to say, isn't it? He's come in and um, as an overseas replacement. The batting, on the other hand, though, I mean, it's 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 firepower. It's stacked with guns. Colin Ingram is one of the best players I've ever seen live. One of the best players I've ever had the pleasure of doing any kind of work with as well. Um, and yeah, they're not far away, are they? They're they're kind of they're there or thereabouts with that 
with Essex and Hampshire. They're, they're two points behind them. Um, I don't know what their running looks like with with who they've got left to play. I, I suppose you wouldn't be that optimistic if you had Somerset, Surrey, Hampshire, et cetera, to play. But if you were turned the other way around and you had Middlesex and Sussex to play twice, I think you'd be backing yourselves to um, to get yourself through through a quarterfinal, I think, down, at, down in Cardiff. Runs are key for them. You look at their frontline bowlers, apart from Jamie McElroy, they're all going at nine and a half plus and over, which is probably, you know, not in isolation that bad in T20, but when all your bowlers are going at that rate, like most sides have one or two guys who are keeping the rate down. Someone like David Payne, Van der Merve at Somerset. Uh, Glamorgan haven't quite got that, but as you say, firepower, Sam Northeast, Eddie Byram's been in the runs a little bit. Billy Root is a good cricketer. Um, Kieran Carlson, I can't remember remember if I've mentioned him. So Glamorgan, as you say, it depends a lot on their batting. I know they've got Somerset last game of the season. You're testing me on the fixtures we'll come back to it i think lads because well maybe we won't come back to it because that is the end of the show i've had enough of your time already so very finally same question as before i'll go to you first callum top four qualifiers from the south group i think the four that are there now somerset surrey hampshire and essex i'm with you I think it's going to be the same. Dan, any variation yeah. from you? Honestly, I'd love to mix it up a, bit, a little bit, but but I can't. I think it's that top four already. Oh, they might as well stop playing then, um, because we've said we've <laughs> we have said who is going to finish in the top four. Well, look, chaps, it's been brilliant to have you on. I think you've both got club games. Callum, are you off to play a bit of club cricket after a bit of brekkie? Yeah, a bit of brekkie, and then um, got a home game against Woodbank. Got double header this weekend. Um, cup game tomorrow and then I'll be commentating for Lancashire versus Hampshire in Southport Monday, Tuesday. Oh, gorgeous. An absolute dream of a yeah. week for you. You must have a very understanding partner, Callum. Yeah. I hope the ice cream man's a... <laughs> <laughs> yes, probably do some decent business. And Dan, you've got a club game too, right? Yeah, Dizzy Heights of Div 7. Not not quite the, the standards that Callum plays, but um, it should be good fun nonetheless. It's a cracking day down here. Um, and then, yeah, plenty of editing through through the next week. Something to aspire to, Dan. And very quickly, where can the folks, if they don't know already, find you on Our Cricket? Just have a search on YouTube, Our Cricket. Um, it should come up. It's got a few followers on the channel. I've got a chat with Joshua De Silva going out in half an hour's time, which should be really good. And um, yeah, a couple of different channels. It's on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. So you're more than welcome to come over and, and join the community. Oh, magic. Please do. I, t- I let you into a little secret. I was on Twitch for the first time yesterday. You tempted me on for, I was, <laughs> I was like, what, what, is this, what is this thing all about? Um, so I was on the watch along for a couple of minutes and then my sister's baby arrived and I had to come off. Otherwise I'd have been with you all afternoon, Dan. Um, <laughs> but as I said, brilliant to see you back doing what you do best. Thanks very much for joining us, folks. That's all for County Cricket Natters. We'll be back, well, actually later on in the week or next week, as you probably call it, because the County Championship is back. Hooray. But until then, uh, enjoy your weekend and take care. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest. And as a matter of fact, it's time to get it off our chests. Cricket, 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 cricket. Sports Social Podcast Network.